I saw him out the back and I, and I just said, John, um, you, you're so inspiring to me, man. And I've followed you guys for years. And is there anything that you'd say to a young singer songwriter? And he just said, honestly, bro, you got to love your craft. You just got to love it. And, and, and he's like, before anything, before performing, before this quote unquote success trajectory, you've just got to love really what you do and your process. G'day for Rothers. You know those around us who operate at high energy levels? From friends, family, through to the famous. Those who emanate enthusiasm. They inspire you to be better. Their words give you a rush. This rush fires off dopamine right in the middle of your brain's reward center. My theory is that at times, just before we need to hit our straps, to tap into peak performance in our flow state, we find these people and harness their energy. I call this energy froth. I call these people frothers. This is a journey to find the frothers, to understand how they inspire themselves and others to be their best. And I'll pass it on to you on this podcast, dare I say frothcast, so you can fly into your next challenge, beaming, pumped, and full of energy. This is a coffee shop with a Red Bull chaser. This is Finding the Frothers. Howdy frothers, what's cracking? Benny Wallington here again, obviously, podcast, Finding the Frothers. Um, just a quick note to say that I think my production's been going, it's becoming a lot more rapid. So we recorded this one with the main man, Billy Otto, who I'll talk about in a moment on Friday, and I'm releasing it here on Sunday, which is an unheard of turnaround for me, considering some of the older episodes that will be coming out shortly uh, are quite a bit older uh, on the old format as well. But I think based on the times and the current shift in how I want to record these podcasts, it's the information needs to, to jump out right now because stuff just seems to be getting outdated a lot quicker. So yeah, without further ado, I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, Billy Otto, who is actually a huge inspiration for the reason that Finding the Frothers podcast exists. I talk about this a little bit in the episode, uh, so much so that he produced the, uh, the beautiful music that we've got. Uh, in the introductions and throughout. Billy is a musician, activist, waterman, poet, all-round great human, and obviously a frother. Uh, most, re- most recently, he co-wrote and performed the banger Can't Take the Ocean Out of Me in collaboration with Patagonia, proving to be a catalyst in the Fight for the Bike campaign, which we won. Fuck yeah. Huge. Um, coincidentally, I've got um, a book that Billy uh, gave to me called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Possibly one of the most influential books I've ever read. Uh, cracking read and uh, wholeheartedly recommend that you check it out. It's literally kind of taking the beauty and power of stoicism and applying it to modern day people and allows you to kind of view how stoicism works and the, and the benefits of it through the lens of modern day people. Billy says himself that he is an eternal learner and we should all be eternal learners really. Uh, We discuss what it's like to always be hungry and to sharpen the sword inside and outside of the studio. Um, Some frothy topics we jam on are how to support independent artists through this tough period, which is close to my heart, why loving your craft wins above all else, epic story, uh, and how to discover your frothy places in nature to supercharge your day. It's a hot topic, getting out there in nature, touching a tree if you got to, give it a little hug get out in the ocean, um, even though we might be a little bit stuck inside, there's ways to do it. Um, I mentioned in this episode that I have Billy's songs in my head a lot. Uh, It's one thing for music to make you smile throughout the day, but to have your buddy in your head who brings such light and legendariness to my existence and to the existence on this planet takes my smiles to the next level. Uh, I'd like to also mention and reiterate that these conversations are literally like a morning coffee for me whole point of finding the frothers is to inspire people to go and have frothy conversations with other people and stacking them from a performance perspective before we have to do some Larry stuff or before we need to get creative. And if you haven't already, formalities, please subscribe to the podcast because we have no sponsors uh, and I'm not sure we want them, but a comment review or a like or whatever you do um, would be super helpful. And just to make, just to let me know that people are listening would also be really cool. And also, if you'd like to check out any of my work, visit bennywallington.com. That's where I've got links to whatever you might find frothy based on what we discuss. That's enough about me. Let's rip in with a whole lot of heart, soul, and rock and roll from the one and only Billy the Man Otto. 
G'day, Ultimate Frother, Billy Otto. Welcome to Finding the Frothers for the second time for you, back before it was actually called Finding the Frothers. But yeah, yeah. man, welcome. Benny, so good to be back, man. You bring so much light and joy to my life, so much froth. And um, I get called Ultimate Frother a fair bit from people in my realm, but I feel like you outdo me and you at least rejig me back into that space. And so it's like... I I feel like we're in the same room, we're on the same chat. It's just like it's overfroth. Yeah, if there is a thing called overfroth. Dedicate the whole frother, finding the frother movement to, um, to yourself and, and that like realisation that I had when we first met that I was getting afterglow, afterflow, after froth from <laughs> just a single conversation, which had only ever felt prior to that after a big long festival so yeah thanks <laughs> oh dude it's so cool that we can um cross co-liberate and all of it yeah, yeah man. man and uh how yeah. are you going this morning you, you oh, good. A morning yeah dude just got up and i actually did to um at 1am this morning there was some drunken neighbor or something on a call or talking super loud so i had to go outside of my undies and just in my frothy way, just be like, hey, do you know what's 1am? <laughs> <laughs> but um, gave us some grace. But this morning I went for a run and just in the rain, went for a swim, did some breath work, some meditation when I got back and just um, I read some Jordan Peterson and I don't know, I just feel like I tried in the morning, just stay off my phone as much as I can, staying in flow and I'm trying to commit to a bit of Wim Hof this year and yeah, still doing some, some cold water um, immersions and and just swimming every day bro even though it's covid i think it's still time to be in flow totally mate yeah and um you mentioned a few pretty big frothers um you know the the wim hoffs and the jordan petersons Mm. um pretty powerful i think connecting to breath is literally like the it's my favorite thing to talk about in terms of um the simplest thing that anyone can do just to regulate their state and also to you know, enlighten themselves and, and bring themselves into the day in such a powerful way. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit about what your, your breath, breath process was this morning. Yeah, man. Um, it was a little bit shorter than usual because I usually do three rounds of the Wim Hof technique. Mm-hmm. Um, but Want to give us an example? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slower to faster. Yeah, and activating that parasympathetic nervous system, right? And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so it's kind of like you're you're like slurping it through your lips, like <sighs> that's how I was taught actually new kind. I was introduced to it for the first time through some Vert for the Planet for authors through Daisy, Daisy Allen. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, man. So but yeah, this morning I kind of actually did more um I did some some deep breathing at the beach. I was on the beach by myself. Um, and then I did a guided meditation when I got back as well, um, using the, uh, the mindfulness app. So yeah, I go between calm and mindfulness. Like some people aren't super into guided meditations and I try not to rely on them too much, but I still just love how there's just new perspectives. Like I'm so new to meditation. I feel like I'm 32 and I'm just trying to press in some of the, the teachers and gurus that can just give different dimension and, um, and senses to it so yeah beautiful man yeah i think that's that's the aim of the game especially that was something that i had to let go of is that you know you're not you're not going to land on stuff straight away that is going to resonate with everything but when you do find those meditation teachers or all those like practices like for me i listen to the same yoga nidra every single day same one just because i know it works and it's super replenishing and i'm like i'm scared of doing a different one just in case i don't get get the same the same rebound that I've been getting off the one that I've found. So maybe that's a little bit limited thinking, but um, yeah, that's awesome, man. Let's, uh, let's, let's kick off by, I probably should have given you a bit more of an introduction, but you're, um, if you can see behind Billy, if you're watching this on video, uh, he's kind of a musician, you know, like just got a few instruments behind him. <laughs> um, but he kind of like, for me, you, you, cro- you cross the bridge um, of musician and activist um, and just beautiful soul, supportive legend of um, your community. And, and I really look at the way that you interact with people online as, as the guiding light for what, and 
influencer in inverted commas should be um, for the way that you talk about what you're passionate about and the way that you inspire other people to, to step up. Um, so I'd love for you just to talk a little bit about how music intersects with activism intersex <laughs> it could have sex <laughs> um, i really appreciate that um i've always been really passionate about the why i think ever since i saw um that simon cynic viral ted talk about the power of the why and finding the why like i i really had to think to myself because i think from a young age i was, was kind of conditioned of like yeah play music being a rock band surf it's cool um, yeah, but at 15, like I didn't know what I was doing and like I, I did things cause it was cool and it was trendy and it's like, it's a cool thing to be able to say I'm a musician and I'm a surfer that I'm an ocean activist and these different things. But I feel like, you know, finding, um, my passion for music and like, it, it's, it's my safe place. It's my citadel. It's my sanctuary that I live in like for probably 10 hours a day, um, working on my craft, singing songs, writing songs, listening to music, studying music. Like I'm still a hundred percent full-time student when it comes to music. I don't believe in mastery so much, or sometimes I do, but more from with myself, I just think of like, I'm a constantly living this realm of being a student, but I guess I wanted to always use my, my art making and my creative zest to give back to the world. And um, I don't know if that was like an innate thing, but um, ecology and philanthropy has always been massive on my heart. But especially in recent years, I think coming to terms with a lot of my own shadow, a lot of my own vices with mental health and toxic masculinity and, and realizing there's still a whole world of men, a whole sea of men that are still really suffering and like I was and still sometimes do. And I wanted to be able to use my platform for change and for what I'd call cultural renewal or cultural regeneration. And the same goes with music. Like I never would have thought a couple of years ago that my music would become such um, a platform or creating anthems of change um, and using my platform to be able to speak into injustices for the world and injustices for ecosystems. And so, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I think it's just like, for me, it's like a perfect storm of like, like my, my ultimate frost state is connecting people through music and like I love making music so much. I love playing shows and going to shows, but without, for me, without philanthropy and the desire to protect our mother, I feel like I, I lose some core element and some core foundation for why I do what I do for sure. Mate, yeah, I'd, I'd like to touch on something that comes up for me as well and, and thanks for for that because I think you know when when we can you know triangulate curiosity and passion and and um, activism and and make a living out of it kind of icky guy mm -hmm. style right yeah. um, support yourself um, that's the space that I think now we've got an opportunity for more people to explore as well um, yeah. and, and you've busted your ass and you know you've been the, the musician that's like been playing all the shows and had to drop your comfortable gig as a, as a school teacher just to chase your dreams and so i've been super proud to yeah. watch you watch you absolutely nail it um and you you're getting everything that you deserve and i think it's kind of like mother nature thanking you in a, in a way because uh especially with the work that you did with the latest work you did with patagonia and fight for the bite that was just direct direct like billy is such an integral part of this shift in the consciousness of the people and the fact that we we rose up together and got behind it and kicked off that, that oil company. And, and that was such a beautiful win. And we had, and now, and we had an anthem behind it as well, which is <laughs> so important, right? Having our yeah. arts supporting uh, the movement because then everyone can find a, a connection into it. Um, yeah. I, I feel is so important. And for me personally, I just want to say thank you as well, because um, to you and, and our main man, Tayoski, because pretty much yeah. when I'm out surfing, uh, in my happy place where I connect most with nature, just out there amongst the waves. Um, I've always got one of your two songs pretty much every time in my <laughs> head. And it just makes me kind of like, it connects me super deep into, uh, into the ocean. And actually uh, I was watching this uh, a thank you meditation by this dude named Muji, absolute legend as well, frother. 
Um, and so I was in this practice of having your songs in, in my head and then adding like a thank you into it. Like, thanks for the fishies. Thanks for the sharks. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for the ocean. <laughs> thanks for the, thanks for this two wave hold down. Um, and then just popping up and just being like in ultimate flow. So, so beautiful. And, and the music oh. in my head is such an important part of that. So I'd like to ask you, what's, what's the music in your head when you're connecting in nature? <laughs> oh, dude, like I, I, I just want to um, just thank you for all the things that you said, man. And, and again, um, and hold you up and, and praise you for just being such a mate who's just been there all along the way. And from that one time that you, you kind of me and then we're kind of like, oh, dude, you should come play a show at my house. And that kind of just opened up a whole new network. That's how I met Dan and that's how I met Sarah and so many core like uh, eco warrior and world warrior friends of mine that have become like really important to my trajectory and to my purpose. And so, um, yeah, man, um, I think when I'm out in the ocean, um, I, and, and, you know, cause I, I surf every day when there isn't the Corona lockdown, I'm surfing every day, but I kind of get into a really like uh, whimsical and, and kind of like a dark, like a beautifully dark place. Like I don't usually, think of Rufus or like house music. I love house music so much, but I kind of go into a really reflective place where I'll think of like Oliver Arnold's or like Rye X, John Hopkins, Sigur Ross, like really ambient kind of sounds. Mm. I kind of lose myself in this oceanic meditation that's really transcendental for me. And I just, yeah, I'm saying hello to a lot of people in the surf, but I'm kind of in this really like lucid state where I'm just kind of, becoming the ocean just becoming one with it and um just losing my identity in like a beautiful way <laughs> um and then i'll come back and i'll have a shower if it's a hot shower i'll sit there and new song ideas will come like nearly every day bro it's weird it's again a chronic part of my river flow and then i'll come out get my voice recorder out i solve, solve a lot of like musical problems in the shower like um I'm huge like a waterman. I'm an aquaman. So. It's so interesting that you mentioned that because it was something that I was utilizing as a, as a tool for a long time. No, a tool is the wrong word. As a, as a uh, I guess, enlightening uh, phase of the water that I probably wouldn't have necessarily connected. But you're so right. I just stopped having hot showers because in the Queensland, you don't really need them, especially in summer. You don't, you just don't yeah. have the cold is not even cold. It's not even a cold shower. Yeah. So you can't do your, your kind of cold water therapy. Um, but then I had a hot shower the other day and I ended up dropping into flow and like the time just melted and I was like, shit, I've got to be more conscious of my water usage here. But I was just creating <laughs> in the shower. And so now I'm, I'm more cognizant of like, give yourself a little bit of warmth just to let your brain fire up and then shoot it into the into yeah. cold water. Cause that, that's such an epic, place um to yeah. yeah and it's just firing up your system so hot water showers before you go to bed but in the mornings doing hot to cold is just a great way to all right yeah here we go. yeah for sure man because like when i was going through my cleanse after my breakup started last year like i i fully was only doing cold water showers in the morning i was going like brutal like wim hof and and because i was getting off coffee and so i, I kind of wanted to kickstart the system just with a shock and I had a lot of energy and um, I was kickstarted into my day, but yeah, but I did lose that kind of meditative transcendental, you know, time freezing moment. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a bit of give and take, but I always end with a cold shower in the morning. So it's like a cold spill for like 20 seconds or something. And just, so you're still coming out invigorated. I literally hold my whole head of hair in a towel and just like, this is my moment. I kind of just say these things over myself because it's just after you've done like a brutal, like hot and cold water shower, your body is like electric. I don't know about you. I just feel I'm buzzing, bro. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's resonating froth out of your, out of your <laughs> being. <laughs> um, dude, I'd love to chat with you about the, the, I don't want to talk about Corona. Fuck that. I was thinking about a ho uh, hashtag of no vid, uh, which would be fun to play around with. But, um, but more about, I guess you can't not be in the situation at the moment. We're all, we're, it's affected us in some way, shape or form. But it, it seems to be from just some of the artists in all different fields that I'm seeing online, um, they're not going to get the bailout that, that a lot of businesses are because uh, gig economy, et cetera, and, and potentially that'll change. But 
I'd like to, I'd like to chat to you about as someone who's um, been an artist for a while and, you know, really persevered, what kind of advice could we give to people out there and also keep and holding and holding in mind that a lot of people who work in hospitality and, and some of those other industries that might've been gigging um, now have this extra space to do more producing and, and potentially like share their, share their eternal passion with the world um, where they might not have before. So I'd, I'd love to just riff with that, riff with that with you. Oh, bro. Um, such a pull to draw from. Um, for me, it all kind of came as a shock. Like I had to cancel a, a tour festival show. Um, I had writing sessions over in Europe, um, a production trip to the States again. And so many things moving to LA with my woman, who's also an artist, as you know, and just everything kind of changed within a week. Like, cause we're kind of laughing at it. It's like, Oh, just wash your hands. It's just like the common flu and then Qantas started grounding planes and we're like holy fuck like countries closing their border death tolls in Italy whatever theories people have on corona let's just think about our situation at the moment basically for artists for me um yeah I I I didn't go into panic but it was more just frustration about my my finances and everything because I just had to kind of I was coming up to um the end of this financial year as an entrepreneur, bro, just going like, man, this is the best year ever for me, like financially. And I was just kind of having like a bit of a Billy Froth moment, probably like three and a half weeks ago. It's kind of like, I'm, I'm on task. This is how much I'm going to make. Like, woohoo, like business is growing. Then this happens. <laughs> and then like 80% of my clients cancel. And that's like my bread and butter really is production. Mm. And so, um, yeah, so just having to adapt. And I think, Deep, a, a deep part of me really actually enjoys when doors close and you can't do anything about it. Having to improvise is actually something that I, I kind of froth on. And, um, and even Chrissy having to go back to, to the States, back to Cali, I, there's going to be all this free space, like being half a bachelor again um, and uh, being locked in my studio. And, um, and so for me, like what I'd say to artists right now is, um, trying to limit your time on social media, buying a journal, being in your journal every day, um, and, and then just creating like a shitload of content. Um, whether, whether or not you want to like first um, spend like a lot more of your day like writing, like I think it's a really good time for artists to write um, and cross-collaborate, cross-pollinate via email, sending stems to each other, sharing sessions, if you're a singer and you've always wanted to learn how to play guitar with your set, like learn that instrument. For me as a producer, I actually, within the first week of lockdown, I was with my producer and we, my co-producer, and we actually finished writing my album. Mm-hmm. We were just kind of like, there was nothing to do. And he's so hard to get in touch with because he's always touring and writing with every like Triple J artist as a signed writer. But he had nothing to do because everything he was doing was cancelled. <laughs> And so it's actually a really good time to reach out to people that are usually super busy. And Mm. so everyone is in this posturing themselves towards hibernation, which is a good thing, caring for the rest of our people, our elderly, our sick, our world stopping, slowing down. But it's like people are actually, you can't, there's only so many games of Monopoly you can play in a day. There's only (laughs) so many programming you can do. There's only so many recipes you can learn in a day. Like people still want to do cool shit. And especially musicians, we want to know musicians, singers, songwriters, producers want to know that their, their craft is growing. And so I just think it's a really good time to write first and foremost Two, I think it's a really good time to create content. And so for myself, I'm creating a lot of content of like lyric videos for existing songs, creating acoustic versions of existing songs. I'm, I'm trying to push out like at least like a video a week. Um, and just doing little shoots for myself. Um, you know, just doing whatever things that I can um, as far as content. It's just a really good time to create content. I'm finishing a lot of music videos that I did around the world that I forgot about, digging up things that I need and just making videos go live. Um, number three, I'm spending time every day um, harnessing my craft as a producer. And so listening to a lot of producing um, podcasts, um, YouTube tutorials, doing phone calls to producer friends around the world in Nashville and in Chicago and really just going next level with my craft mm. and being like, 
in three months' time, in six months' time when Corona chills, I'm going to come out such a sharper producer. I'm going to know these different tools. I'm going to know how to get to certain things quicker, how to get certain sounds faster. And so, again, just growing the business. I'm actually, um, as far as content goes as well, like I'm, I'm building a bunch of sound libraries. Um, and so talking to different publishers, so like trying to figure out different like income streams, passive income streams that'll work for me when COVID's done. And so writing a lot of songs for ads, writing songs for film and creating these mini albums. Um, I'm doing a couple of different house music projects as a featured artist. And so just finishing these things, I'm just, I'm just really trying to stay in the songwriting zone, whether it's for Billy Otto, whether it's for agency work, whether it's for house music. Yeah. And so, um, and then, man, so I think for artists, yeah, keep writing music, create content, see if you can write music for other people, harness your craft. Um, and then five, I think, yeah, I think, um, I think it's really good for artists to, to do a lot of live videos and a lot of those things are happening, but I think we're coming to a, a new age and a new wave where we're having to ride this thing of like, it's all good to do a lot of content online with Instagram live, but trying to figure out through platforms like um, Twitch and Mixer where you can pay for concerts. Mm. I don't know if you know much about um, Twitch or Mixer, but there's two platforms that um, video hackers, uh, like video gamers and use. For, and, and so, yeah, it's a little bit like Patreon, but a more creative um, um, portal, um, interactive portal. And so, yeah, just trying to figure out ways to monetize off videos and live content. I think that's, that's where things need to go for the independent artist. Yeah, that's awesome, mate. That's such beautiful um, advice. Um, even for myself, like stepping into doing more of the stuff that I want to do, like fun videos, mucking around a little bit, telling people how it is um, through humor, um, but like some degree of seriousness is, is like me applying my trade. And it was a really cool thing uh, when I was doing a, a coaching, a group coaching call yesterday. Uh, someone, uh, one of my clients just mentioned that he, he'd forgotten that his art that he loved, that he was trying to create everything for the world rather than thinking about, oh, this would be really beautiful to create for myself. Mm. And in that moment, I was like, That's, I've been telling people this, like to look after themselves, but I wasn't really hearing it for myself. I wasn't really playing. I wasn't doing things truly for myself still. And then I was thinking back to the content and the videos that I've been creating and it's the ones where I'm sitting there in flow and I'm editing and I'm giggling to myself about me thinking it's funny. And I'm like, they're the moments and they're the indicators for me that I know that this is like awesome. And I, I give absolutely like, it'll be, it'll be fantastic if, if people resonate with it. But even if they don't, the act of doing the process of creating Autotelic is the, that amazing word for the process is the flow kind of thing. And so those are the projects that I feel like if we can find the ones that we're totally frothing through the process, mm. the ones that are going to probably most likely get the most um, reach when you deliver them because they're wholehearted and, um, and yeah, we still need to, 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 I love that man. Yeah. We still need to, I guess, find the work sometimes to, to tide us over um but yeah if you can find that extra space now you don't have a commute or whatever it is uh yeah do do those things find find your passion and and create um, yeah dude and and that 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 creative process and that embodying and that manifesting like is so it's so healing it's amazing what it does to your soul like i remember dude one of the things that um, that really inspired me when I was like 23 or 22 or 23, I was on a trip in Bali. I just traveled around like Vietnam, Cambodia with a mate. Like we were both doing um, online uni at the time. And so we could just be anywhere on Centrelink. We were just like, it was crazy. It was a weird trip. Mm. But yeah, we, we ended up in Bali at the end of it. And um, I was surfing Uluwatu and it was probably like six to eight foot. Like it was pretty solid. I was actually a little bit scared at the time and um, I actually didn't get a wave but I got out the back and I was just chilling out there, but there was a guy called John Foreman. I don't know if you've heard of the band Switchfoot. Yeah. I remember them. Yeah. Early two thousands. One of the biggest 
indie rock bands at the time from San Diego and and John yeah I dare you to move <laughs> huge song man yeah. like huge songs um I saw him out the back and I and I just said John um you, you're so inspiring to me man and I've followed you guys for years and is there anything that you'd say to a young singer songwriter and he just said honestly bro you gotta love your craft you just gotta love it and 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 he's like, before anything, before performing, before this quote-unquote success trajectory, you've just got to love really what you do and your process. Mm. And um, and so again, it was just one of those one of those truths um, um, and wise um, wise elements shared to me that just really grounded me in the present with my craft. It's just been one of those haunting. Um, truths that have just made me go like i've got to just love being in my studio and love my craft uh, i actually saw your video <laughs> for rise up bro and i loved it and it looked like you were frothing mate i i thought it was so good thanks mate yeah that was that was kind of that was those. an interesting moment for me to create that for the team as well because it kind of was like all right well I love doing these videos, but I also love my friends and, and the movements that they're creating. How can I do, how can I do these for like other people as well? And other, and so that, that was kind of like the idea I had off the back. So I'm not sure what, where that's going to lead, but I, but they'll, it's so fun. They're so fun to make. And um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I guess art as a, as a form of, of power. And Sarah has said a bunch of times who work with reunion, she says, we need like how can we become the media we need to become the media and and i feel like i'd love to hear your thoughts on that because as an artist who has essentially become the media and been a big part of um activism and and shifting uh shifting the way that we kind of see nature so we can yeah yeah i'd love to hear a little bit about how we can become the media how does she um um define that that so she, yeah, she's talking about, well, I guess that if you think about the mainstream media and how much power they have over people oh. and the fact that you, you are going to hear this coming up in, in the next uh, part of the Rise Up program, which is all about sense making and how can we take back agency. Someone like yourself ha- would definitely have more agency than the regular uh, Aussie who's, who's still tuning into Channel 7, Channel 9, Channel 10 every night. Um, so really, how can we become the media is how can we invite people into their own agency? So how can we inspire them to do their own kind of exploration and make up their own minds based on real, real facts, well, real facts, in inverted commas, what are real facts, but um, being able to hold different parts of information as well. So not just taking this one person that we've trusted forever and saying that theirs is eternal truth. Um, looking at them and then looking at people on the other side of the fence and trying to have empathy for why they could potentially be um, thinking those things. For example, like mining is such a a big one in Australia because we have so many people who work in mining and they think that that's the only way that they can feed their family um, versus other people who are like, no, we've got to protect mother nature and this beautiful land that we're on. And so there's you to be able to hold both perspectives is the way to have a conversation about it rather than yeah. us versus them. Bipartisan. Mm. Yeah, man. Um, um, I, I remember meeting with um, Senator Surfer, the Greens leader of um, Tasmania. I don't know if you've seen him on Instagram, but one of the things that he said to me is just like Murdoch and the crew have so much to answer for. Mm. So, and it's like, I haven't met Murdoch. I'm sure he's a great guy. But yeah, I, I think now that I'm, I'm really posturing myself towards inner work and the consciousness journey, um, I've had to like unlearn so many things and deconstruct the way that I absorb and consume media. What, is, what does Matt call it? Does he call it um, ecology, uh, uh, news ecology? ecology? Information ecology. Information ecology. I love that. I wrote that down. Um, because I think that the more that you do grow, like for me, I've had to grow with a softness of heart and an openness of mind, um, learning how to sharpen my intuition, like going to my liver. It's a very holistic approach, but I think it's like trying to hold together paradoxes, science, 
experience, um, mainstream media. Um, I, I think it's, yeah, it's a few different um, platforms that you have to kind of draw from. But like I, one of the, like the algorithms found me on my phone, like Apple News knows what I'm kind of interested in <laughs> and knows the titles that are going to get me. But I don't know, man, like it's, it's, it's a filter that you've got mm. to grow. And it's just like, I just, I think my meditation teacher taught me really beautifully that like, um, there's illusory elements to everything. Like it seems that the surf is good and it seems that you're saying these things to me and it's like, I just don't like, I just hold everything beautifully. I think with a grain of salt and kind of weigh things when people are like, there's no way that this is going to happen because that, that he said that this is what's got my and so I'm like, yeah, maybe like, cause I'm trying to take myself away also from scapegoating. I think over millennia, pan millennia, we have always found the scapegoat. We've needed to burn the witch. We've needed to drown the heretic. We've needed to um, throw the Christians into the Colosseum to get consumed by lions. You know, it's like, we've had to do these things. Scapegoat mechanisms have always been there. And I think I don't want to be the fucking guy that is going Scomo's fault. Look how shitty he is. Like it, I love the memes. <laughs> and I giggle at them, but at the same time, I don't want to use sacred energy trying to point fingers. They're systemic problems. And I'm being told that this is what this guy has said. I don't fucking know the guy that writes his speeches and the profiteering and the, the puppeteering, like the voices behind this mono voice. It's like, it's so much bigger than one guy. And I feel like low vibration consumption points fingers a shitload. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It is fun to kind of like to, to sometimes give a little rib in there just to, to point <laughs> to it. But yeah, I think being a bit more conscious of how you approach that and the way you said it was just bang on, you know, like hold it with a grain of salt, um, have a giggle. Cause fuck man, we've got a giggle. Like we've got it. Yeah. situation is gnarly and you know we're speaking with maddie about you know there's been we've been australia's copped a few jabs right you know with the fires the floods the droughts and then now this um there might be an uppercut coming but if we can't sort of hold the play like we've just done with dan kolapsky over the weekend with yes and uh, if we can't hold the um he said a beautiful thing about like you don't have he doesn't believe in seriousness he doesn't think yeah. that we need to be serious at all but we yeah. should, but we should be able to, you know, do our jobs no matter how gnarly they are, um, yeah. with play and with uh, sincerity. He was saying is the word. So as long as you're sincere, yeah, uh, then then you can show up as a wholehearted human. We don't have to be serious, no matter who you are. Uh, and I feel like a little bit more of um, sincerity from the powers that be would probably be a bit nicer. That would probably feel. Oh, bro, yeah. I, I've got so much to say about this, bro. Like I, I was thinking, I said this to my girlfriend yesterday, actually. I said this to Chrissy, like I'm an Otto. So I have a German last name. My great, great grandparents were born in Berlin. Mm-hmm. They came out just before World War II. But if I was growing up as a Hitler youth, you know, between um, the 1920s and 1945, um, I... Who knows, man? I'm such a zealot when it comes to truth finding. I'm like, this is my fucking truth. And this is why I have to be careful from becoming a religious fundamentalist zealot to then becoming like an eco zealot. I had to just think, am I just getting on this train, on this bandwagon of, of purpose and tribalism? Like, is it just fulfilling that, that longing that I have for belonging again, belonging and purpose? Mm. Um, because like if I was growing up in, as a Hitler youth, who knows, man, I might've been in the trenches. I might've been killing Jews. Like when the collective toxic consciousness is that strong for nationalism, like who knows, bro, we just, none of us are exempt considering what space we're in. And so then when it comes to scapegoating, when it comes to Nazi Germany, Jews are the problem. Um, We need Aryan civility. Um, go to um, the bubonic plague all over Europe. It was blamed on the Jews. Um, um, in in the West, e- even parts of like the Christian Empire, there was scapegoating on the Jews for the Mongol invasions. Like all through history, 
there's been media that has given scapegoating target practice to Jews. All right. And, and I feel like if you were to swept up in that, cause everyone knew that that was true at the time. I feel like it's kind of like, there's this certainty that these, this tribe of people is the problem. And if we can exterminate them, then we're going to be rid and, and God will bless and we'll be cleansed of this plague. Right. And I just feel like sometimes the, the certainty behind these narratives is so fucking strong. Yeah. And so I feel like when the masses are being swept through these narratives that are being shared from the mainstream media, it's like, I just have caution on it. I'm just kind of like all through history, mass media has caused genocides, um, social Darwinism, whatever it is. It's kind of like things that come out in the mainstream that people just believe because everyone else is. And I'm reading right now The Righteous Mind by John, Jonathan Haidt. Hmm? Have you heard of this book? No. He's a moral psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the study into like what is this moral intuition that we have. Um, it's at, and he has an argument that it's, it's mainly a collectivist thing. It's tribalism, that we feel these things because of our tribes. And so just when it comes to media... And filtration, I just want to acknowledge all those things that sapiens are meaning-making machines. Mm. And that is a reason why we've thrived um, um, compared to other um, Homo erectus and Neanderthals. It's because of our ability to share stories. And so I just want to acknowledge that I don't want to be swept in, in the power of stories so much that I make these huge assertions about people and groups, you know, so... Totally. Yeah. And that's, that's totally part of the work of the facilitating and developing a strong information ecology and pointing it in the right direction that you continually, that's a practice as well. When you said before about mastery, um, one of my mentors, Jamie Will says, as soon as you say, you say you're a master, you're, you're straight back down to the bottom, (laughs) essentially. Um, it's not something that you talk about. It's funny. Like even when it comes to music, I've heard my brother-in-law who's really wise. He's like, bro, you've got your 10,000 hours, bro. Like you're, you're a music master. But every time I come back into the studio, I honestly feel like I don't know anything, Mm. but it's a, it's a, it's a cool paradox of being like, I know this language and it's part of me. And I dream these sonics and these melodies and these modes but it's also coupled with like every song is a new challenge and it's just kind of like I'm constantly evolving. The world's changing, ears are changing. Like what are people going to like? It's just like, I just don't know. And I think that that is the sin of Christianity, for example, that we have this certainty dogma of like, we have to absolutely know that Jesus is the son of God. We have to absolutely know that God created the world in six days. We have to absolutely know that Jesus is literally coming again at the, at the second coming and, and if you don't believe these things, we're either going to kill you <laughs> or you're a heretic. And so it's just like, or you're lost. And so I think, man, although I've kind of smashed fundamentalism, I do want to come back to the, the teaching of Jesus, that Jesus said that if you want to see the kingdom of heaven, you have to become like a child. And it's like, I feel like when I hang out with you, Benny, I feel like I'm a kid again. And as much yeah. as we're talking about books and commentaries and, and science, it's like still, it's like we're playing with ideas. It's like we're just jumping back into that fucking sandpit. And, you know, and, and, it's, and it's so real. I feel the same with Dan. Like an hour just goes and we've just talked about some things that we've been learning and like con- confessions and this and that. But it's just kind of like, I think you're just holding these things beautifully, like lightly has taken heaps of anxiety off my chest. Totally, man. It's liberating, isn't it? Is that co-liberation word? Be able to find the frothers that you can have conversations with that allow you, no matter how gnarly the situation may get, to yeah. just con- continue to learn and to con- continue to share ideas and and um and the froth because it's a resonant energy, isn't it? That's the whole, whole thing, and it's yeah. and it allows you to like. And that's why I really wish I got the study off the ground. But to be able to listen to music, to be able to listen to, and, and I will eventually, but better listen to music or to listen to conversations or have conversations and with that feeling after that frost to go off and show up in the world as a, a really well, well rounded, maybe not right, but connected human and inspired human is, is just, it's the jam. Mm-hmm. 
for me. Yeah. Uh, and we've got so many ways that we can access it through our personal things. But what really gets me fired up is, is the group flow element, which can be just me and you. And how's this for an insight the other day? I was like, there's no, give myself a pat on the back here. Um, there's, no, there's no such thing as individual flow because when we access flow states, it's for the most part, I'd say, it's as a result of our environment. So our environment is, is part of the group flow. And there's, there's something beautiful about if we can get that into our heads, then we will be further connected to nature that we need the environment, whether it's man-made, whether it's this computer in front of me that allows me to speak to my, my buddy, like who's on the other side of, uh, in another state um, and being thankful for this technology and, and not have any hate towards it. Um, yeah. All the trees outside, which are an easier example that can allow mm. us to, to drop into flow and back to Muji to be thankful for it. Such a beautiful way to, to live and, and to explore. And so yeah. great to you for, for this exploration. <laughs> yeah, bro. I love that connection between group flow and environment. Like it's all connected. Everything is. Yeah. And I actually, when you were speaking about, and I was thinking about artists as well, there was this old frother that I met in Broken Hill when I went out there to do a talk. Um, and Broken Hill, for anyone who doesn't know, is kind of this, you might have, you might have seen it in, um, what's the, uh, the movie, the real famous movie where, uh, with the, the cross-dressing cabaret, what do they call that? Uh, you know, Priscilla. it's like the musical theater movie. Priscilla. Priscilla, Queen of the, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Yeah. Anyway, that's where they shot that. And it's really famous, uh, for that cabaret kind of style. And um, when I was out there, it's really famous also for like alternate artists will go out there and they work from there. And it was the first mining town ever in Australia. So it's got that heritage as well. It's this, it's this weird kind of mix of people who are out there for art, people who are out there for mining and it's right in the middle of, you know, a bunch of dirt and, um, but yeah, it's a real weird creative town. And I met this dude, he was like 70, early 70s and he was displaying his art and um, I was just talking to him about flow and I was like, dude, you're in, you're in flow. I go, what do you do every day? He's like, man, every day I get up and I go out to the back of my shed and I, I spend between 12 and 16 hours there painting. And I'm like, okay. He goes, yeah, I've been thinking about retiring soon. And I was like, what will you do when you retire? He goes, I don't know, maybe play a bit more golf. And I was like, no, nah, man, you, you'll paint, paint forever. That's, that's where you, that's where you thrive. And he's like, yeah, I guess I, I go, when do you feel your best? He goes, when I'm painting, I love my wife, but when I'm painting and I'm like, dude, paint till you can't lift your hand. <laughs> and I bet every time you think to retire, you'll still go out the back and paint pictures, even if it's just for yourself. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, Benny, I can't imagine you ever properly retiring, like buying a yacht and playing a lot of golf. I don't actually, I don't really believe in the term retirement and that's probably why I don't have a, a connection to the, the whole superannuation, uh, you know, you have make super sure you, yeah, make sure you're covering, you're covering for your you have a super stuff. account, Benny. Sorry? Are you still putting into your super every, every year? Yeah, I do. I put a little bit in, but it's not, it's not like, it's not top of mind at the moment. I'm always, I've, yeah. I've got a, a different view of how I expect my life to turn out or how I hope it does. And yeah. so thinking that far ahead because everything's emerging and shifting so much. Um, yeah. I hope that one day I'm living off the land and I don't actually have to access money. Um, and it can just yeah. be there in case proverbials hit the fan. But um, yeah. So yeah. love it, man. Yeah. No, I, I just want to um, finish off with like, uh, so Chrissy, your beautiful partner, uh, she just released a banging track. Um, and she's, she's beautiful soul as well. Yeah. Um, and she's had to go back to the States really quickly, uh, to be with her family. And so that, I know that's a little bit tough, but you guys are such a strong, strong unit together. Um, and like you said, there's a silver lining that you've got a little bit more space being a semi batch. Yeah. Um, but how can we, how can we support artists right now? If we're not an artist ourselves? um, how can we support artists who might've lost those gigs or um, have had to fly back to their home country to support their grandmas. 
Yeah. Um, I think, um, a really simple way, cause everyone's like thinking about money a little bit, like, cause yeah, obviously I just want to say, just give everyone heaps of money. But if you're on, if you're a Spotify or, a um, Apple music listener, create playlists with like big artists and these indie artists as well. Mm. Um, or that you can kind of just that algorithmic kind of flow of, um, just continual listening to these artists and that helps them to get on these bigger playlists. Spotify is still continuing and, and YouTube's still continuing. So really supporting these artists through digital means is great. Um, sharing their music. Um, but yeah, things like buying merchandise is a massive one. Mm. Um, so yeah, if you've always, you know, needed like a couple of band shirts a year or whatever, um, yeah, go to these smaller artists. That, that's a really cool thing. Cause like for a lot of artists, I'll just explain, like I'm a little bit in a safer situation because I, I have production to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Um, this year was going to be really the year for me playing a lot of big shows and things, but things are kind of on hold for the moment. But I fall back on production and I, I, I write songs for people, co-produce, produce for people, but a lot of people don't have that. And so they've spent that 20 grand on an album um, out of their own money, maybe some from a label. And now touring is where you reap. It's like how farmers reap. Um, reap the harvest and so that harvest period (laughs) is all kind of hanging you know it's not fully in oblivion but it's just kind of like things are on hold and if you can if you've bought tickets to a small show just hang on to those tickets don't just try and sell them or cancel them straight away um um but yeah so i i just be thinking about merchandise ticket sales hold on to your tickets um and if artists do have a patreon you know, consider giving like a small monthly donation. That's really cool. That's really what we can do. Like it's hard, man. Like I think everyone's just trying to figure out how to, how to make it an online platform kind of work for you. But, um, yeah, playlisting, Patreon, merchandise, keep your ticket sales. There's four things. Well, yeah, they're great, mate. And then as a flip side, um, whoever my listeners are, uh, I know some of you frothers, um, you might have some, a gift that you can offer as well, whether it's part of the work that you share with the world. Uh, it might be a supportive mechanism for them, whether it's not financial, um, but also just a simple, how are you going? You yeah. Get Australia, like, how are you going? What do you, what do you guys need? Um, what can I do to support you in these times? Yeah. Maybe some artists might be a little bit, a little bit more shy about being you know, truthful because and, and Australians as a collective as well, we tend to be, we tend to hold back. I know that working in the alcohol space, like so some people it's pulling teeth before they have to get right to the edge of um, breakdown before they'll kind of reach out to someone. Um, I think this is the time for people to be a bit more open about where we're at. Radical transparency. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And um, I want to say as well, like one way that a dear friend of mine, Sarah helped me out the other day. She was like, Billy, I'll give you um, X amount of money if you can do like a froth session with some of the kids that I babysit like every now and then. <laughs> so there's really like part of the Zali Segal fam. She connected me in and um, it was epic. You know, like just helping out your mates, just find, trying to find ways, like families that have means and, and businesses that are still going ahead. Like I've definitely felt really blessed that people are especially – intentional in sending me like potential client work. Um, so that stuff's amazing too. Um, I think if you work for an agency and your agency is doing, um, is shaping a campaign around Corona, like try pitching some of your friends that have songs that would work instead of just going to the Justin Bieber's of the world, you know, go to your friends that make similar kinds of music and, and start trying to pitch smaller independent artists as well. I think that that's an incredible thing because there's obviously serious money in campaigns because I, I feel like even bigger agencies and bigger brands, big pharma, all these, all these big systems, they are reshaping whole campaigns around Corona. So that campaigns, as you would know, coming from the agency world, Benny, they just, they, they all, they still go ahead, but everything's just having to evolve and mutate. And so, yeah, there's still money for artists in the agency world. So yeah. So I just had an idea, dude. This what? is why we get together and we froth. What about something like um, musicians for munchkins? And because I know, because I'm basically working with corporates at the moment. And some of the work I do is with corporates. 
And I found out yesterday that the number one thing that corporate people want at the moment is um, entertainment or stuff that they can do for their kids. Because they're, cause like some parents right now, they've got like three kids, they're babysitting and they're, and they're doing their normal nine to fives yeah. from behind the computer. So you can imagine um, mm-hmm. some of my friends being on live calls with them, their kids are just jumping up onto their knees and like, it's, it's great. I love that. But you could see how, you know, um, yeah, man. Some corporate settings, that'd be really annoying. So it could be fantastic to have, to be able to set a kid up with um, a live musician for like a, an hour and a half show and you pay the musician um, like you did the other day. And that kind of, yeah. that gives them direct interaction with another human being. Yeah, for sure. And then there's so much learning in that. There's like, as a washed up high school teacher, it's like, there's still like interactions, there's Q and A's, like kids can have special questions to ask the musician. And so it can be like a learning breakout session. <laughs> Epic. Dude, yeah. that's so cool. Because I think in that as well, like comes beautiful, like tribal, like eldership and like kids learning from other, from people that bit further down the line. And it's just, because yeah, it's one thing to throw like a, an iPad to your kid for a day, like where you're stuck there. It's completely mono, but like, yeah, something more interactive and creative. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good idea, bro. Musicians and Munchkins. Musicians for Munchkins. I don't know. That's a working title. <laughs> it always happens with us. Things just birth. Pregnant exactly. conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, if anyone wants to build Musicians for Munchkins and maybe it's a collaboration with the Twitch guys or something, they could help with that or, or something. Yeah. yeah. I know they're big dogs, the Twitch company. They were the fastest growing company in the world for a while. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, dude, that, that was so much froth. Like, um, whole, yeah. That's why I have these conversations. I've really t- moved away from the, the kind of like structured, who are your frothers? If they emerge, they do inevitably. Um, but yeah, I just really want to have epic conversations with people like yourself who are really stepping into the new paradigm of, of how we can show up within our art and inspire others to, to step up to the plate if, the, if they, they feel called. Um, so it's an honor to have you as a brother and a mate and um, as a fellow frother. So, um, yeah, just maybe just give us a quick shout out to where we can find Billy Otto's beautiful, um, art. Yeah, man. Um, thanks for listening, fam. Um, uh, all my music is on Spotify and whatever DSP you tune into. So digital streaming platform, um, YouTube, everything's there. Subscribe if you can follow whatever you can on Instagram as well. Just Billy Otto. Um, yeah. And I'm also starting my own podcast called the beginning of us. And it launches later this month. I'm going to have Benny Wallington on there eventually. He's just been really hard to man. He's really expensive. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. But yeah, um, if you guys have been touched by anything that I've said, a lot of my thoughts and um, my feelings and reflections and contemplations come out in my music and, and things that I do on the regular. So I just tune in and yeah. Broth- yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks, bro. Thanks so much. And um, one last request for me. Yeah, you too, bro. Uh, One last request from me is to create um, a bit how to play a Billy Otto song so I can practice it on guitar. (laughs) Yeah, cool, man. Well, I've got a a ton of new lyric videos. I'm actually going to have a couple of tutorials on how to play them with a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Potentially how to sing them as well. So, yeah. I've got that down. Uh, Um, Dreams is one of your favorite Billy songs, but it's actually kind of tricky to play. I assume so, so, yeah. (laughs) But I like them all, so it's cool. Whatever one I can play. (laughs) Just fucking serenade Jackie. Oh, bro. (laughs) Yeah, it was really cool to stay with you that time as well. You made me an epic vegan protein shake smoothie. Um, And um, Chrissy and I loved it. We rested there and mermaid. Dude, pleasure. Righto, man. So good to have you on. Um, Much love. And and, uh, yeah, let's, I can't wait for our next jam session. Uh, Love you, bro. Quick one, guys. To keep this show afloat, feel free to subscribe and share the love. Maybe even leave a cheeky comment review. That'd be awesome. You can find the show notes on my website at bennywallington.com. And finally, this episode was sponsored by my grandma, Joyce Reichel, who passed away last year from dementia. 
She was one of the original frothers and would talk to anyone on the bus, train, or wherever and generously impart her energy and wisdom. So if you see an elderly person who is looking for someone to froth with, go and hang out with them. They've got the best stories. Also, a huge shout-out to our producer, Lily Haynes, for bringing this to life, and Billy Otto, who created that beautiful introduction in true Billy Otto style. Also, my buddies in Australia and the UK who have been super generous in swimming me feedback. In a way, all of you guys are sponsoring me with your time. Love to the guests, past and future, and also to you guys for listening. Ciao for now. You!